Hello, friends. My name is Denise Renner, and I'm so glad that you are with me today because I want to keep talking about running our race because all of us are running our race. It's called the race of faith, and we're not going to quit till we get the prize. And what is the prize? The prize is the imperishable crown that one day that Jesus is going to to give us, maybe he'll even place it on our heads. We don't know, but it does say that we will receive an imperishable crown. You know, go with me there to first Corinthians. It's in first Corinthians chapter nine. And let's just read that. And we want to know if you need prayer, please call us or let us know if, if you need prayer running your race. Sometimes running this race is difficult and we need one another and we are there to pray for you. And if God is doing something special in your life, we want to hear about that too, because we want to rejoice with you. Now, first Corinthians, I just, I want you to see this because this is so powerful. It says, it says in verse 24 of chapter nine of first Corinthians, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it. So he's saying the Holy spirit through the apostle Paul is saying, this is your race, run it that you can obtain the prize, that you can win it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. So we have to have discipline in our race. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. So talking about these athletes that, that the apostle Paul is making reference to, he's saying that they do it for a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. That's why we do it. That's why we do it, because we're waiting for that day when we see Jesus and he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then out of his amazing resources of heaven, he's going to place on your head an imperishable crown. Amazing. Amazing to think of our Lord who did everything for us and it was all by his grace that we did anything. But he's going to reward us. He's going to put that crown on our head. Well, look with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and it's verse 1. And it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I've told you before that this cloud of witnesses, they're there right now. Right this minute, I don't know, maybe, maybe it, your grandmother's there, or maybe your father's there, or maybe your brother's there, maybe a teacher that you knew is there. Sarah, 
Abraham, Isaac, you name it, those people who ran their race, they're in the cloud of witnesses. And they're saying, you can do it. You can do it. I'm on the other side. Keep going. Keep going. It's all worth it. Everything you're going through, it's all worth it to get here and experience heaven. They're all cheering for us and to run our race and to run it with endurance. And we're going to have to have endurance to run our race. And so today I want to talk to you about somebody who ran her race and it's in the Old Testament and that was Esther. You know, Esther, what a race she had to run because at that time, the king, the most powerful, most powerful man in the whole world, uh, he got upset with his wife and so he, he dethroned her and all of his uh, people who advised him said, well, you need to call the most beautiful virgins in the land and they need to all come to your palace and they need to go through all these beauty treatments and you need to pick the one that you love and the one that pleases you the most. So they went out, soldiers went out and they, they took all these young virgins and they captured them and they brought them to the palace. So, so Esther being one of those young virgins, she lost her, she lost her language. She lost her culture. She lost her people. And she was taken into this palace to, to be, uh, either a concubine. She doesn't know. She's just going with all these other virgins to see which one that the king prefers. Well, the Bible says that she had favor and that the king loved her the most and that he made her his queen. Um, then a terrible thing happened. A man who uh, was offended by the Jews, who was offended by Mordecai, who was the uncle of, of Esther, because Mordecai would not bow before this man named Haman. And Haman, he is an evil man. He thinks that he is everything and he wants everybody to bow before him. And Mordecai will not bow before him. And so Haman decides that he is going to kill every Jew. Well, Esther's a Jew. Mordecai's a Jew. There's a lot of Jews in the land. And Haman has decided can you even imagine? Because Mordecai won't bow before him. Haman is so evil, he has decided that he is going to kill all the Jews because Mordecai won't bow before him. He goes to the king. He's in a trusted position with the king. The king listens to him and, the, and he, he convinces the king that these people are no good and that we should annihilate this race. Well, so the king, he, he sees Hammond's point, And so he agrees. Well, Mordecai comes to Esther because Esther 
is in the palace and she's the queen, but she's never ever told the king that she is Jewish. Never. Because she was committed to doing what Mordecai told her to do. And so she obeyed Mordecai and she didn't ever reveal her identity. Mordecai comes to the palace and he gets audience with Esther and he tells her that you've got to do something because if you don't do something, we're all going to perish. And he said, and if you don't do something, God will save us and you will perish. Well, Esther, she, the king hasn't invited her into his presence for one month. And if you're not invited to uh, the king's presence, you don't just go there. Because if, you're, if you go there and he doesn't hold out his golden scepter, then they will kill you. And so she says to Mordecai, she says, I don't know what to do. I can't go before the king. The king hasn't called me. And if I go before the king and he doesn't hold out his scepter, then I will die. And then Mordecai says to her, amazing verse. I want to read it to you. I want to read this amazing verse to you because he says to her, verse 14 of chapter 4, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your family's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai was saying, who knows, but maybe God puts you here just for this reason, just to save these people, to use your influence. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shadan and, and fast for me, neither eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So we see that in Esther's life, she's committed. She's committed to God what she knows of God. She's totally committed to Mordecai because she's obeyed Mordecai. And now we see in her a great humility. She says, well, if I perish, I perish. You can't, you can't get more humble than that. And then she asked that everybody would fast and pray. She was seeking wisdom. She was seeking exactly what she needed for this impossible situation. I mean, can you imagine her whole race is being threatened that they're going to be killed? And she's putting herself as the one to go before the king and to try to change the situation. It's a very tough place to be in. 
And not only is she is this going to happen, it is in the process. Everything is being set in place to start killing all these Jews. So the pressure on Esther is amazing because it's they're pointing at her. The pressure's on her. The pressure's on what are you going to do? The pressure's on what are you going to do? And she says, okay, he hasn't called me for a month. And if he doesn't hold his scepter out to me, for me coming to him without him calling to me, I'll die. But I'll do this. And if I perish, I perish. She has tremendous, tremendous humility. Well, then they fast. Well, then God, God starts doing amazing things. She gets this wisdom from God, which is like who would even think about this, to give a banquet for her king and for her enemy. So out of her humility, she says, if I perish, I perish. And then out of that humility comes great boldness. What do I mean by great boldness? Well, you and I know the end of the story, but Esther didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know if when she stood before the king uninvited, if she was going to die or not. Can you imagine if you walk before somebody and they don't have favor on you, you're going to die? Well, that's what she was facing. But she did it because of her humility. And with great boldness, she went, she risked her life and she went before the king. Well, the Bible says that he held out his scepter and that he listened to what she had to say. So she receives this amazing wisdom from heaven to have a banquet, a banquet for her, the king and a banquet for her enemy. She mentions the first banquet in chapter five, um, in chapter five, verse, verse two, and uh, it, and she says, yes, she, verse four. She says, so Esther answered, if it pleases the king, let the king and Haman, this enemy that wants to kill all the Jews, come today to a banquet that I have prepared. So they come to the banquet and then this is what she says in the banquet. She says, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman, the enemy, come to the banquet, which I will prepare for them. And tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So she, in, she sets up two banquets. First banquet is, can I give you a second banquet? Who has wisdom like that? Only God. God has a personal answer when we have impossible situations. And this was an impossible situation. You know, many, many years ago, um, I'm sorry to say, but I disobeyed the Lord. I was in college and I didn't want to go to a certain college 
the one I was supposed to go to. So I went to a college I wasn't supposed to go to, and I was uh, doing well there, except that I cried myself to sleep every night because in my own heart I had no peace. And uh, But God was blessing my singing, my education, and all that. But in my heart, I was so miserable. And so then the Lord spoke to me through another person. And uh, he said, this is what God said. If you stay here in this school that I, I, that I didn't tell you to go to, if you stay in this school, I'll bless you. But you'll never know what it was I wanted to show you. Well, that's a pretty serious word. So I'm kind of in an impossible situation because my whole schooling for my last year of school at the wrong school is all paid for. And God's telling me to go to a school that I don't have any money for. And my parents don't have the money for this school. So this was what we would call an impossible situation. Well, I was, I was committed to obey God. I didn't know how he was going to provide it. And I didn't know what he was going to do. And so I was committed and I, I spoke to my parents and at first my dad was not in favor of it. And then God changed his heart and I went to the school, but I still didn't have any money. And if God didn't provide, I wasn't going to be able to stay at that school. Well, God did another miracle and he, he provided me money for the whole year. It was amazing. Then my whole schedule was wrong because when I went to this school, I made my schedule out the way I wanted to and I picked the voice teacher that I wanted to. Well, I didn't want the voice teacher that, the God, that God told me to take, so I chose somebody else. Well, God is so amazing because he's got to get me in his will. He's getting me in his will from being at the wrong school. But now he's got me at the right school. Now he has to get me in his will at the right school. So I told the teacher that I had committed to that he was going to be my teacher. I said, I'm sorry. God told me to come to the school. And God is telling me that I'm not supposed to take voice lessons from you. And I'm supposed to take voice lessons from this other teacher. Well, of course, this man was gracious and he said, okay. I went down the hall. There stood that other teacher. I told him, I said, his name is Mr. Carey. I said, Mr. Carey, um, I know that this sounds really strange, but, uh, God told me to come to this school and he's telling me that you're my voice teacher and do you have any place in your schedule for me? Well, God had started arranging my schedule and because God did, there was one hour where I could study voice with, with Mr. Gary. That one hour was the only hour that he had. So God was he was leading me step by step by step by step to get into his will. And it was at that college that I met my husband, Rick Renner. Now, remember, God said, you can stay here and I'll bless you. But you'll never know what it was I wanted to show you. 
You say, well, how important are details? Details are very important. How important was it that, that, that Esther here to have these banquets? Who would think of having a banquet for your enemy and that that was going to be your deliverance for a nation? Nobody would think that. But those details were very important. It was part of her running her race. It was part of her endurance. For me, it was part of my endurance, being committed to God, repenting, humbling myself before him, getting in the right place, listening to him about my schedule, repenting again that I didn't get the right voice teacher and getting the right voice teacher, being in the place where my husband was going to be that I didn't even know about. Details were important. And I'm saying that to you. You're running your race. God's telling you, don't do this, do this. Listen to him. Details are important. He knows where you should be. He knows what you shouldn't say or what you should say or what you should take to do or what you shouldn't take to do. We're living in difficult times, times before the Lord Jesus comes. And we need to be strong in these last days and do the details Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him show us what it is that he wants to do through us. Get us through the impossible situations, running our race. Well, as you know, and maybe you don't know, but Esther, she obeyed God. God revealed the truth through Esther and God saved a nation through Esther. For me, I repented to God. I humbled myself to him. He gave me the boldness to step out there and obey him. And then God blessed me because I was in the right place because I was paying attention in my race to the details that he was telling me to do. How important are the details for you in enduring and running your race. They're very important. Don't just say, well, you know, God's wanting me to do this, but I I don't want to do that. Or, you know, God's showing me that this would be better for me to do, but, you know, I don't want to do that. We can't do that in these days. Sometimes, There's even danger that God wants to protect us from. I know story after story after story of when 9-11 happened in New York City and all those thousands of people were killed. There were Christians who heard, uh, don't go that direction today. Uh, Don't go to that restaurant today. Don't Take your children to get a sandwich there today. It was all close to where the towers were. What if they hadn't listened to the small details that the Holy Spirit was telling them? Every one of them would be dead. God was leading them in the details. My husband, he heard that we weren't supposed to go on a certain vacation and he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to obey God, but he did. 
the very place that the, that the vacation would have been and our whole family would have been at was where that tsunami came years ago and killed hundreds of thousands of people. And we would have been right in the place where that tsunami came. How important is it, friend, that we listen to the details in running our race, enduring until the end, listening, obeying, you can see in Esther's life that she was committed, she was humble, and she became very bold, and she listened to the details when it was an impossible situation. I know I'm talking to somebody right now, and I want to pray with you because it's too important in these days in running your race, that you don't listen to the details. Father, I pray for my friends now. And as you're leading us, Lord, in these days, in these last days, Lord, help us to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and that he listened to him and his help and his guidance because he's going to help us endure through our race and to get to the prize. Lord, we repent from not listening to you and we turn to listening to you in Jesus' name. Well, if you need prayer, and you want to run that race and you want somebody to pray with you and help you listen to the details, just call us. We're there to pray for you. And I'll see you next time on the next program. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.